0: Welcome to the Living Ageless and Bold podcast. I'm your host, Christina Daves, and in each episode, I bring you amazing women who inspire, educate, and share their experiences and journeys along the way. So grab a glass of wine or a cup of coffee, find a cozy spot, and let's relax and have some fun hearing what can be accomplished after 55. Welcome, everybody. I can't tell you how excited, how honored, just thrilled for today's episode. I was introduced to our guest by a mutual friend when I announced that I was doing this podcast and she reached out. She's like, Christina, you have got to meet this woman. And then I started to research and found out. And I have to tell you all, I I was blown away. I'm just so excited to share everything that she's doing. And for me, selfishly, my family goes on vacation. We go to the beach. We don't think twice about it. But if you are disabled, it's something completely different. And until I really dug into Lorraine's story, I didn't understand it. So I'm so excited to introduce everyone to Lorraine Woodward. And we're going to just take a deep dive into everything that she's doing because you're so amazing. So welcome, Lorraine. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh my goodness. So let's talk about, you know, you have muscular dystrophy. I do. I have limb girdle muscular dystrophy, whole life. It's,
1: and you know, I tell people a lot that it's actually easier for me because it's a way of life. I think it's harder for people when they have an onset of a disability or an illness for that change of life because I don't miss a lot. I've never, you know, climbed steps, I've never gotten off the floor. So this is a, you know, just again, how we live.
0: Right. And when I read and I'm because we're very close in age, you talked about things that you did in elementary school and high school for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. And I remember that too. We did the walks and the Jerry Lewis, the telethon. So you did a lot of stuff your whole life supporting this cause. Absolutely. I started out in elementary school with the
1: carnivals, because who doesn't love a backyard carnival? It's fun. And, and then I had the privilege to travel with Jerry Lewis, my junior and senior years in high school, where I would go out to Las Vegas and we would do education targeting the youth, particularly those in high school and college.
0: And do you think, and I'm veering off a little, I'm going to go right back to what you're doing in a second, but I just, like I said, growing up, everybody knew the Jerry Lewis telethon. Do you think that not having him took away from the awareness of muscular dystrophy?
1: Yes and no. I mean, I love the telethon. I'm one of these people that was a fan of the telethon. I mean, I didn't matter where I was, I would always make time to watch the telethon and remembering crying at the very end because he's saying, oh my gosh. But you know, it is part of the development of where we are today. I don't think we would be where we are with understanding sensitivity about disability if we didn't have that backing of MDA in that they were really instrumental in, in creating a venue to sh-
0: share these stories. So I think it's enhanced where we are today. Right. I completely agree with that. And we do have more avenues now and more opportunities to create more awareness for these kinds of organizations. Now you have two children, correct? I do. I do. I'm a very proud mama. Our youngest just graduated
1: from NC State with honors. And we're hoping and praying that Nathan will graduate in the next year with a PhD in electrical engineering. And they both have muscular dystrophy as well. They do. They do. They have limb
0: girdle as well. So we're a family of three. <laughs> no, so I read something. This is was just, again, I'm a beach girl. I love the beach. We go every year. And I read this story about you're a beach girl too. You love the beach. But it's very different for me to go to the beach or you to go to the beach. So talk about, you know, how family vacations are difficult for you.
1: You know, they were. I mean, we did the Disney vacation, but we still, you know, I would yell to Robert, my husband, to say, hey, Robert, can you hoist me off the toilet? At the same time, the boys were like, hey, dad, I dropped this. Can you help me? And dad, can you lift me here? So it was hard on Robert, you know, just feeling like he was a caretaker taking care of us. So it was hard to vacation. And we thought, okay, that's going to be the best place. And it was a good place for us. But for example, we have three of us in wheelchairs and their buses only take two people with disabilities. So Robert and I would divide and conquer. I'd take one bus with one child. He'd take the other. And then we would meet up. And so even the simple things of like going together to enter the park was not something that we did because we had to figure another way to do that. And so we didn't go on as many vacations as I had hoped. So that's when the boys graduated high school. I said, you know, I want to do something about this for my kids. It was really about my boys. So I built our own vacation property with actually with me in mind, the least amount of mobility. But I also wanted a property for end of life. I felt that was really important that a lot of people prefer their last days to be experienced at the beach. And to pay for this property, we made a rental. We built it in 2014. We started renting in 2015. We've had over 400 renters. And when I turned 60 in 21, I realized there, these stories were all the same. How hard it was to find an accessible property. People were coming in from Canada, California, Texas. And I'm going, why? Why? This is not right. And that's how it began, becoming rentable, became a business, and and here we are.
0: Now, did you have any entrepreneurial background before you started Rentable? A hundred percent.
1: I had a communications firm for almost 30 years. I have had a stock photography company called Realistic Reflections. I paint canes, so we have Lorraine's canes. And so definitely the entrepreneurial spirit is in me. And uh, I'm always coming up with that next idea, which I have three or four more,
0: but we're stopping right now becoming rentable, which is amazing. And I have to tell you, oh my gosh, Lorraine's Canes. So my company was Cosmetic Designs where I had fashion accessories for medical boots. And I'm very aware of Lorraine's Canes because it was like, there are a few people who get it that we want to be fashionable when we're laid up. And I can't tell you how many people were permanently in boots that I helped that I did not know, but I digress from rentable because I just love what you're doing. And again, I feel like I feel like I should apologize that I never thought about this because it didn't impact us. But when I read your story, I was like, Oh my gosh. So you build this beautiful beach house. And you can't rent it enough. So, in, and this is just a year ago, you launched Rentable. So, let's talk all about Rentable because it's amazing what you're doing.
1: Thank you. Actually, it's two years and we're so thrilled to be two years old. We started out as a TV show and we did a survey. One of my neighbors is an adjunct professor at Harvard, and Kelsey's like, oh, I got this. I can do your survey. So, we created a survey. I reached out to groups I worked with, of course, MDA, Easter Seals, United Several Palsy, groups that would represent people who could who could benefit from an accessible short-term rental. And it was through the results of that survey that we said, time out. We've got a lot of work to do
0: before we even entertain a TV show. Well, wait, what was the TV the TV show was about accessible rentals or your specific? Yes, it, it's like a property
1: brother show. You know, we, we identify a space within a house. We look at the accessibility. We show the construction, the focus. If it, we identify a disability and educate about that, we have a second pull out in the show where we identify the features of that property that we are creating for that renter. And then at the end, you'll see a video of the renter coming in and enjoying their space. But we were ready for that. So we realized that, you know what, we've got to educate. There's so much to do. And in the short-term rental industry, unfortunately, accessibility has been limited, period, and then limited to just mobility wheelchair accessible. And our survey really showed us that accessibility is beyond the wheelchair. It's for people who have, you know, using a walker, crutches, canes, and then we have our cognitive community and our vision and our hearing and our aging society. So, I mean, we baby boomers will in seven years increase our senior population by 31 million. So the first time since World War II, we're going to have more seniors than new births. And so we've got seven years. Are we ready for this in the short-term rental industry? So we ended up looking at what's out there. And unfortunately, there was nothing and is nothing out there beyond a wheelchair. So our first goal is to create a social change, a global social change in how we look at accessible short-term rentals. And then the next phase was looking at what makes a property accessible. And everybody wants a checklist. All right, these 10 things that are needed. Well, what we found out is what's accessible to me may not be accessible to somebody else. And so that was a big aha moment for me. I talked with a gentleman who has muscular dystrophy out of London. He has SMA. And we were talking about the must-haves. And he said, what's your must-have? And I said, well, a wheel under bathroom sink. And he said, why? I said, because when I brush my teeth, I have dribbles. You know, I want to spit straight into into the sink. And he goes, well, I don't. And I said, well, how do you brush your teeth? He says, well, I brush my teeth and I've learned to spit sideways and I've learned to turn my chair around and spit in the sink, but that's not important to me. And I'm like, wait a minute, but what is important to you? And so that's when we said, you know what? It's about choices. And when you go and you book a property, you have filters. But a lot of the filters regarding accessibility, it's one, wheelchair accessible. What does that mean? Now Airbnb has included 13 filters. The challenge with that has been they're not validated. So people go, "Oh, I have a suction cup grab rail in my bathroom. I'm accessible, so let me cre- you know click this button. So what happens is it conti- continues to be a very arduous process to finding a property that meets your needs. So on our website, it's a free listing. We invite people who are looking for a property, to come and look at our 36 filters, they're only for mobility. We will be expanding to cognitive vision, hearing, and our aging. But right now, so I would go online and I would say, I need a hard surface driveway. I need a 36-inch door. I need a roll-in shower. So then it populates what properties are available on our site. And so we have 1,200 properties, which we are so proud of because it's more accessible properties than Airbnb and VRBO combined. Combined. Say that again. Combined. That is amazing. It is. I mean, I really am so surprised in two years. But again, it's something that hasn't been done. And we're learning. And part of it is the personal experience, it's networking and working with disability organizations across the country and together really understanding what the needs are and to put them in the space that makes sense for people to achieve and feel confident that when they rent a short-term rental property, it meets their needs.
0: So, and it's really interesting because, you know, the investment property space is so big and there's so much. And I wonder if we're going to see a trend in this, that, you know, you have it this way so that you have this market or this or, and this market, and it makes your property. I mean, if you've grown that fast in two years and you really, the word's not really out yet about it. I think I'm guessing right now it's kind of word of mouth because I hadn't heard anything. And I, I've, I've, as I've told everyone, because I'm so excited that you're here today, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Like, that's brilliant. And as you said too, as our parents are aging, that, you know, those boomers, we're going to need more places, whether it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be handicapped, disabled, but just. Older people who can't get upstairs anymore or, you know, I watch, you know, I see my in-laws and my mother and things change as you get to be 80 or 90. Even the most active people can't get up and down the stairs as well anymore. So you are onto something. And it's also about the temporary
1: disabilities. You know, your last trimester of being pregnant and having a hard time walking, it could be a knee surgery. It could be efforts from COVID. One statistic is nine out of 10 of us will have a disability in our life. And so this is in a way, but when I say, well, this is like an insurance, people don't get it. But if I identify specific needs for different groups of people, there's a more of an aha moment. But we are at the crust of, I think, a big change. We get emails and messages every single day. From all over the world. I mean, that's what's surprising too. You know, Australia, Spain, Italy, that's like, we need becoming rentable over here. And I'm very happy to say that I was part of an Expedia accelerator program. And we just finished up last week and we left the program with a letter of intent from Expedia to work with them. I just got goosebumps. That's that's, so exciting. Hot off the press. We just got back this weekend from being a week in Seattle. So I feel, you know, they understand it. They get it. And we'll work with them starting with education that we have to look at what does a zero threshold entry mean? I mean, that's a mouthful of words, you know, but for people in a wheelchair that that's really important because I, my chair doesn't go up steps. So I need a flat surface to roll through a door. And that's called a zero threshold. There's nothing to get in my way to go through that door. So if we're gonna have a filter on Verbo that says zero threshold entry, people need to know what it is. And so that's gonna be our first, and that's what I believe across the board, that our first step in
0: change is education. So you have 1,200, this is just, you're just United States right now.
1: We are, we will be going, our first effort with Expedia will be North America. And we currently are only in the United States. We will be going global next year, but that's a whole nother set of measurements, standards, policies. So there's a lot of catch up to do. And I will say another thing that I'm really proud of about our company that I missed earlier is we're volunteers. Nobody's gotten paid. We've had 21 volunteers who are moms and dads and people with disabilities who really believe in what we're doing. We started our company based on who are we? Why are we here? What are we doing? What are the problems? How are we going to solve them? And really not focusing on the revenue side. You know, so many times you get, I believe, you know, focused on how are you going to bring in money? Where are you going to bring in money? Who's going to bring in money? And I wanted that to be secondary, which it has been. But now I'm all about the monetization. <laughs> I want to bring those volunteers to contractor positions. But that's to say to anybody, what do you want to do? I don't have a lot of money. You don't need a lot of money. Bring like people together or age. I mean, I'm
0: 61. I mean, how cool is that? That I started this at 60. I. And that's the whole point of this podcast is... And we've all heard it. And I refuse to say his name or the network, you know, but there was a very prominent news anchor who said, you know, after 55, we're past our prime, even though he's 56 and I'm 56. And I'm thinking, and, and I was toying with this and that pushed me over the edge. I said, there are so many women like you, you're literally, you are just getting started at 60. And don't you feel empowered, young? So you can do anything, right? Don't you feel that? I do. I do. I mean,
1: it's like, we are here to create a global social change. I mean, I think about what does that mean? At 60, I'm looking at conquering
0: the world. I just, I was like, Lorraine Woodward, you are about to change the world. You are doing something nobody's done. You, I mean, you've lived this your whole life, like you said, and you're like, you know what? I want to change it. I want to change it for my boys, which how many of us That's kind of the catalyst of the things that we do. There's that we want to make our kids' lives better than ours were. Absolutely. And it is about that.
1: I say that a lot, and I really do focus on people having their best life and what does that mean. And I don't have the memories of vacations. I don't have the experience of vacations. I've never dreamed about vacations. But you know what? I took my first airline trip in decades in January to go out to Seattle. And I did it up until the day before. I didn't think I could do it because every time they always drop me. And 100% of the time, I'm always dropped. Oh, all the time, all the time. And so we found a perfect lift that helps me and didn't fall. I used a Hoyer lift for the first time. That was amazing. And I did it. And... I'm like, okay, at 61, you're making your first trip. You can do this. So the next time when I went out last week, I didn't have any reservations. And that's what we want in the short-term rental. So many times you go in and you look at an accessible property and you look at it online and going, yes. And then you get there. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention we have five steps or I forgot to mention our doors are 30 inches. So we evaluate properties so that that's one way we bring in money. So, in our monetization efforts, it's like, all right, Lorraine, how do you do this? Well, we are doing it through products, evaluations, and certifications. So, working with various companies, we evaluate their properties because I'm working with the city of Denver and they want to grow their accessible short term rental network inventory and they don't have many. So, we spent five minutes, we started looking around, we found the most amazing properties. And people build them all the time, but they don't know that HGTV bathroom is also sometimes a really great accessible bathroom. It's got the roll-in shower, the roll-in sinks. It's maybe the mid-century modern home has the wide doors. And you don't think about that. You're thinking about the style, the design, but haven't applied the
0: accessibility to it because you don't know. So, so I'm curious, when you go, for example, you're working with Denver, are you finding properties that are already in the Airbnb or Verbo systems, or you're finding other properties and then you approach them and say, hey, we have a great opportunity for you. Would you be interested in short-term rental on this property?
1: Right. We do it a couple of ways. One is people come to us. We, have, we had a link on our website that says, list your property. It's free. And so people list their property. We also go out in Denver's case. We just started going to different booking platforms to find out what is out there. You know, is it really that you only have five accessible properties in Denver proper? So we started going to the platforms and just looking for examples to say, wait a minute, Denver, people have some great properties here that are online. And it's just a matter of educating them. And so that they can go, wait a minute, in my description, I can say, We have that hard surface driveway. We have that roll-in shower. We have, you know, this much space between the bed and a wall so that when people like myself are looking for a property, they go, oh, wow, look in their photographs. The photographs are the most fun thing and not fun thing. People take photographs from the waist up in the short-term rental industry. So for people in wheelchairs, we want to see what's on the floor. And so sometimes it's going back. But we didn't, in the case of Denver, we found beautiful properties and it was more of an affirmation for us that we need to provide this
0: education. So then you have a certification program. So if I think my house could fit into your program, do you have to send somebody out? Can you do it virtually through Zoom and then do it that way? You know, show us your tape measure and make sure that this works. We do it online. They send us their URL what we
1: want to see is what the traveler is going to see. And so we want to look at what photographs do they have on their site? What it, how is their description written? So we'll go through. So the evaluation is the very first part. We go through like a 12-point a data collection. Okay, do you have one, two, three, four, five? Oh, wow, you do. Great. You're eligible for certification. The certification is a much lengthier drill. We go in, we do a follow-up. Okay. I didn't see this or this. And in fact, there was one in North Carolina. They said, we want to have our property certified. Great. And then we gave them the report and she said, wait a minute, we have a ramp. And it's like, great. Where is it? Well, it's in the garage. I said, well, you didn't put it in your description or show a picture. Oh, I have that. And then the curtains are closed in the shower. So we can't evaluate, do you have grab rails? Do you have a handheld shower? Is it a roll-in shower? Is it a step-in shower? So
0: a lot of times we go back, back and forth two or three times and then it's certified. Okay, and then you put those pictures on your website so that the people can see.
1: We actually, any property that's evaluated free of charge goes on our website. We have 111 booking platforms that have their properties on our site. And we wanna be that clearinghouse. We don't, you know, instead of going, all right, let's go to Airbnb, let's go to booking, let's go to Verbo, let's go to natural retreats. You don't have to at becoming rentable. You go on, you identify what your needs are, and it populates. And it sounds like it's a lot that we have 1,200 and that it's more than this. But the reality is, if you amortize that among 50 states, it's pitiful that we have
0: two accessible properties in South Dakota. I was just going to ask you, how many could you possibly have in your biggest state? Because you're in all states, so you have at least one in each, (laughs) at least. Florida is very popular. Arizona is very popular.
1: California is very popular. New York wants to be popular, but there's a lot of stipulations in New York of what you can and can't have. So, And again, people don't know that we're here, that we're our resource of
0: collecting and uh, information about accessible short-term rentals. Right. Well, I'm going to share you with everybody because my real gig on the side is a PR strategist, and I know a lot of people. And I'm just going to make sure that they know about you, and especially when this, when we put this out, because really, like I said, I felt when Kathy sent this and introduced us, and you sent me this email, I, I really felt terrible. Like how did I not ever think about something like that? You just assume, you just go around your life and, and you're just so like your energy and you're so amazing. And just to do this at 60s, you inspire me. You really do. Well, first of all, I would say to you and anybody else, never feel guilty
1: because what you don't know, you don't know. And our job is to get out and educate so we can make that difference so that you can think about having Uncle Fred join your family reunion because you have a place to stay. And uh, so it's, I mean, we go to school, you know, we teach one plus one is two and we haven't taught this yet. And that's what we're doing. So, but never, ever anybody feel guilty about it because it's a process of understanding and learning. I don't know about horses. And so, in, unless
0: somebody teaches me, I'm not going to know. It's kind of you to say that. So tell me like your growth expectations. You've done 1,200 properties in two years. What are your goals? You know, our goals is to make a difference so that people can travel
1: in an environment that meets their needs. That's truly our goal. It's not about numbers for me. It's about change. And how do we go about increasing the numbers? You know, I would love to have 100,000 properties. I think with the partnerships that we're building, and the groups that we're working with that, that that will happen sooner than later. I really believe that. It's people like you that helped share our story that will make that difference and see how fast we grow. But it's not dollars or our numbers. It's really about how many people particularly are aging. And it's not even particularly aging. Come on, Lorraine. It's about people with disabilities, it's about all of us being able to enjoy that experience. May it be
0: yourself, a friend or a family member. And I'll tell you what I am finding as I'm interviewing these amazing women on this podcast is as we're doing these kinds of things later in life, post-50, post-55, we have intention and we're purposeful. And there's a reason we're not, like you you said it perfectly, we're not here to make money. We're here to make change. And that's what I'm finding. That is the, and this is why I think we're getting a younger audience listening to this too, because I think they're so inspired by- You know, these young women graduate from college in their 20s and their 30s, and they just think, oh, I've got to get a great job, and I'm going to get married, and I'm going to have kids, and and it's like, and guess what? You get to start all over again when you do whatever you want, and there's a whole blank slate for you on the second half, and you are epitomizing that.
1: Uh Well, thank you. I do feel really blessed. I feel that my life is purposefully led by God, and it's also living my purposeful life. That all the things that I've done as a young child in college, in my career, have culminated
0: into this business known as Becoming Rentable. And now are your boys involved? Are they going to be involved? I know you've got one done with school, one you're hoping to be done with school.
1: Right. Alexander is our first contractor. He's a writer and editor for us. And Nathan, he is so into the solar world that he will support us and take advantage of the accessible properties. For example, he's going to Arizona in two weeks to a speaking engagement about his research. And are there accessible short-term rentals for him? No, there's not. And so Alexander went to a wedding last year and he had to drive from here to Purdue because there wasn't anything accessible for him to, to rent at a stopping point. And his mom Traveling, your child traveling that far, that many hours um, and not staying overnight was not a fun feeling at all. And that's the kind of stuff that motivates me. You know, our family from um, Canada that came to see us took two and a half days one way to get to our property. That's unacceptable. In 2023, why should a family wait 28 years to have a vaca- a family vacation? And that's what a family did from Texas. 28 years to find an accessible property for their family. Their son grew up. You know, he had a number of disabilities. He was fine. They traveled a lot until he grew. He was 12. Then he's 16. Then he's 20. Then he's 30. Then he's 40. And dad can't lift him. So that's unacceptable in where we
0: are today. And that's why this change is so critically important. You, Like I said, you inspire me. I'm amazed by this. I will do whatever I can to help you get your word out. Just wow. Wow. So what's the next step? I mean, you have this amazing big announcement heard here first about Expedia. We
1: released a calendar of events today. We teamed up with a company called Travelability and it's about promoting accessible events and adaptive sports because when people have I got a call from the Curling Association, wheelchair curling. And they said, Lorraine, we need your help. We have to forfeit most of our games because communities do not have accessible rentals for us. And it's like, how can we help people find them? So we created this calendar. It's free. <laughs> That's the problem with me. And right now, so it's like, oh, it's free. We don't need, you know, it's only this many dollars to host it. So we have this, this website where people could come on and list their event. And so if you're a property owner, and you want to know in Atlanta, Georgia, are there any events coming down the pipe where people with disabilities are looking for a property, they can then prepare their listing and information and post it. And so we hope that we're going to reach different sectors through different events
0: and activities and partnerships. Oh, it's amazing. And maybe somebody here will be listening and give you some funding to get this. Yes, please. (laughs) So you are so amazing. Thank you. And at the end of every show, I ask the guests the same two questions. So, and I think I know what you're going to say, but what is the greatest thing you've accomplished since you've turned 50? Since I've turned 50, finding my purpose in life through becoming rentable. That's, and I get it, everything you said, amazing. And where do you see yourself in 10 years?
1: Enjoying vacations because of the
0: work that we've done. I love it. Lorraine, it was truly a pleasure and just an honor to have you here today and you are changing the world. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening or for watching this episode of Living Ageless and Bold. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit subscribe. And if you like the episode, I hope that you will give us a great review. You can also head over to livingagelessandbold.com and sign up for information, inspiration, and exclusive opportunities for us, women over 55. Thanks for listening. And remember, no matter what you do, keep living ageless and bold.